So when Power for All reached out to us to join this initiative whereby uh, would identify the synergies from centralized and decentralized players and test their impact on accessing power faster and cheaper, we did not hesitate, we just jumped in. Uh, Umeme is a, um, a company that holds uh, innovation at the forefront. So the project, speaking to our challenges, joining it was a no-brainer. And that was Florence Subuga from Umeme. And this is the Power for All podcast, a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm your host, Christina Skerka, the founder and CEO of Power for All. Power for All is a global campaign focused on accelerating the end of energy poverty by working with partners like today's guest, Florence Subuga, the Chief Operating Officer of Umeme, Uganda's largest distribution utility. In addition to her role as COO, Florence is passionate about leadership development and very focused on empowering young people both inside and outside of Umeme. She is a team leader with Project Girls for Girls, which is a forum for mentoring women 15 to 35 to empower them to really lead in their own communities. We are here today with Florence to discuss the Utilities 2.0 Uganda pilot known as Twake. The Utilities 2.0 Global Initiative was started by Power for All to build momentum and evidence for the kind of integrated energy needed to really accelerate the end of energy poverty. The Twake pilot includes a group of implementing partners in addition to Umeme, East African Power, Intergrow, Equatorial Power, Makarere University, and the Rockefeller Foundation. We'll be hearing more about the roles each partner plays in the pilot throughout our podcast series on integrated energy. So welcome, Florence. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Florence Nsubuga. Um, I've been with Umeme Limited uh, since 2005. Uh, when I finished graduate school, um, I started off as a marketing executive, um, a job I did uh, for just a, a year. And thereafter, I joined the energy sector. And um, when I joined the energy sector, we were required um, to do all the training. It doesn't matter whether you're an engineer or not. I am a marketer by profession. Um, you are required to do all the training. So I did climb a pole. The sector was uh, dominated uh, by men. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to note that I have enjoyed the journey. And I have grown through the ranks to the position where I'm at um, as COO of Umeme. Well, Florence, it's awesome to have you here today. Thanks for that more detailed introduction. Um, and really the purpose of today's discussion is the launch of the first integrated energy pilot, uh, really in the continent, but uh, specifically in Uganda. Uh, it's known as Twake in Uganda and Utilities 2.0 globally. So I am hopeful that this entire conversation addresses both some of your personal history, uh, a bit about Umeme itself, uh, but also really this opportunity that we see for working together to accelerate the end of energy poverty and achieve universal energy access by 2030. So let me start off with our first question for you today and just really wanting to know a little bit more from your perspective about Umeme. And for our, our listeners that might be less familiar, uh, its con contribution to the country of Uganda and, and your overall engagement on social and economic development in the country. So please, I'd love to hear from you. I'll start with uh, 
a brief history about the Uganda's electricity sector, which was liberalized in 1999, uh, supported by World Bank, and unbundled into generation, transmission, and distribution. Uh, the sector is uh, regulated uh, by the Electricity Regulatory Authority, uh, who oversees all the activities of the sector. Now, Umeme Limited uh, is Uganda's main electricity distribution company uh, that is cross-listed on Uganda and Nairobi Stock Exchange. And it accounts, Umeme accounts for about 95 of the grid footprint. Umeme's mandate is to expand and maintain the distribution network. Now, since Umeme took over in 2005, of course, before COVID, Uganda's economic outlook has been positive and supported by positive growth in uh, manufacturing and the services sector. Electricity is the backbone of these sectors, among others. Umeme has uh, attracted and invested private capital over $700 million in the expansion of the network and has multiplied um, the customer numbers fivefold. Umeme has also improved supply reliability and driven efficiencies over the years. However, uh, it's important to note that despite all the work that has been done, uh, the access to electricity stands at 24% as at uh, 2019. Umeme directly employs about 1,600 staff and also 3,000 indirect staff. Fantastic. Thank you for that overview of Umeme. And I just, I love the knowledge that you are a marketer by trade uh, in your training, but also that you had to get up on a pole and get that perspective of the entire energy grid and the energy system. And I think that's actually a really nice segue to talking about the integrated energy pilot, uh, which is a mix of, of partners working together uh, to find a way to do things more uh, effectively faster and expensively in terms of getting people connected to some source of energy. Uh, so specifically with that perspective, uh, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about Utilities 2.0. Uh, and, and, and it's such an interesting project on so many levels, but I'd love to hear your sort of version of the origin story and what you learned along the way um, and, and, and how you really saw these pieces coming together to, to be of interest to an organization like Umeme. Over to you, Florence. I remember it was about uh, towards the end of 2018 uh, when uh, Powerful Role started engaging Umeme. I remember those uh, late uh, evening calls uh, because of the time difference when we started talking. About November 2018, um, government, uh, through the Electricity Regulatory uh, Authority, directed us to implement um, the Electricity Connection Policy with the aim of increasing connections from uh, 70,000 uh, customers per year to um, 300,000 customers per year. And this was all aimed at achieving um, an electrification rate of uh, 60% by 2025 in line with uh, the National Development Plan 3 of Uganda and Universal Access by 2040. At that time, we are we were grappling how do we how do we scale up access, and uh, we had other challenges including um, loss reduction um, and growing demand. The government of Uganda has invested uh, in generation, 
uh, as we speak, um, uh, we expect um, a new hydropower plant, uh, about 600 megawatts to get on the grid uh, mid of next year. So uh, given um, those challenges or opportunities uh, that we saw ahead of us, uh, the timing for Power for All um, was very, very, very um, critical. So when Power for All reached out to us to join this initiative, um, whereby um, uh, would identify the synergies from centralized and decentralized players and test their impact on accessing power first and cheaper, we did not hesitate. We just jumped in. Uh, Umeme is a, um, a company that holds uh, innovation at the forefront. So the project, speaking to our challenges, uh, joining it was not was a no-brainer. So we just jumped in and joined um, Utility 2.0, uh, which is now uh, the Toake project, meaning light. And um, some of the objectives of the project that really attracted us was uh, the fact that uh, we're looking at uh, growing demand, looking at all these plants coming on board. Uh, the testing of the impact uh, of appliance financing and on-demand stimulation uh, was one of the areas uh, which uh, we found uh, very, very exciting, uh, as well as um, the impact, testing of the impact of technology integration on the electricity loss reduction and supply reliability, which were some of the areas uh, that uh, were so uh, pertinent uh, in terms of uh, servicing our customers. That's such a great explanation. And I, you know, having worked in the energy sector for over 20 years myself, I'm dating myself here. Uh, it's always just amazed me how open Umeme is to innovation and change because those aren't actually words that you usually see associated with utilities most of the time. Uh, but that spirit of entrepreneurialism is just so alive and well in the company. And it's it's really been an amazing experience to, to work with you and the team. Um, on this topic of demand stimulation, I think for some of our listeners, which, you know, span the, the broad uh, swath of everybody from energy geeks like me to people who maybe are more on the development side of things, I think it'd be great if we could talk a little bit about that generation capacity that will be growing both, you know, on the traditional grid, but also designed to be growing in a, a non-grid environment. So through mini grids, rooftop systems, et cetera. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the plans of the sector players, uh, including UMEME, to stimulate demand for electricity and, and why we think that's so important as part of this pilot. Please go ahead, Florence. Uh, demand stimulation is a concerted effort. Agriculture value addition is a theme for the budget uh, for Uganda for this financial year. Now, this demand stimulation cannot be achieved without power. There is a commitment uh, from Umeme, a commitment from government and several other players to grow industrial demand, especially through establishing industrial parks. Um, our national, uh, Uganda's National Development Plan 3 emphasizes, puts emphasis on value addition. We see government shifting uh, to program management of uh, agricultural value addition. I believe there is a lot of demand that can be stimulated this way. The Ministry of Energy, in partnership with GIZ, has developed campaigns aimed at uh, energy transition at household level, to shift to cheaper and cleaner sources of energy. 
and this will continue to support efforts, the efforts. Umeme is also exploring uh, the impact of demand stimulation initiatives like appliance financing for institutional, commercial, and domestic customers, which are part of this pilot project. So it was so exciting uh, when um, uh, Powerful Role reached out to Meme Limited. Um, basically, the areas of focus were clearly aligned, not only with Umeme, but also with the government of Uganda. Now, the lessons that are going to be learned uh, from this pilot project will guide us on the appropriate steps to take as far as scale-up is concerned. Yeah, great. And, and when it comes to what's known as productive use of electricity or, or demand stimulation, I think the idea here that, that most of our listeners would be most exposed to or understand best is the concept of really bringing appliances into a micro business opportunity or, or to people's homes that are then financed. And, it, and it's just so difficult, right, to oftentimes uh, pay for both energy uh, as well as that productive use. So having a financing program that teams up with a, a connection is actually, I think, one of the great breakthroughs of, of this endeavor called Utilities 2.0, the, the Tuake pilot. Uh, and to that end, um, I, I'm just curious, you've got so many colleagues, I'm sure, uh, on the continent who work in the energy sector. And I'm curious if they've uh, experienced, if, if you've had a chance to talk with them about Utilities 2.0 um, and, and how this fits into Umeme and Umeme's role as both a national and regional effort to be more customer centric. Because I, I do know that utilities all over the world struggle to really understand their customers and serve them in, in a customer centric way. So would you mind talking a little bit about that approach? We are constantly using technology to bring services closer to our customers and uh, make them more convenient. Uh, including, uh, I would like to just mention uh, just a couple of areas that we're looking at. Uh, we have online applications. Uh, we have automated a couple of our processes. Our customers can pay um, for bills in the comfort of their living room. And this has come in timely. If you look at the current situation of COVID, uh, where every business is suffering, uh, the investment that we put uh, in technology has come a long way in supporting us to navigate um, through this difficult environment, uh, not only to just navigate through this difficult environment, but to be able to service our customers. Our customers are able to reach us remotely, and um, we have also deployed technology to enable our staff to work from home. Uh, the Tuake pilot project is a, 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 a very good opportunity to exploit the ways to extend access faster to Ugandans and find new ways to improve reliability. And appliance financing, which is being tested, uh, allows the customers to get uh, more benefits uh, from the access. Now, in terms of the partnerships and collaboration um, that we have with other utilities. There are a couple of platforms um, that uh, we have where we can now communicate uh, on webinars, uh, like the Africa Utility Week. And I know that uh, there's been a number of uh, uh, documents that are being put together, a number of publications that are being to put together under the project with the support of uh, uh, various universities, including Makere and other international um, universities and partners. 
Now, this will go a long way in uh, sharing this information with uh, other utility partners. Uh, we do many times get um, uh, utilities coming from across Africa coming to visit uh, Uganda, particularly Umeme, to learn from us, and um, particularly in the aspect of uh, technology. So uh, now that um, they cannot come into the country, uh, we'll use the platforms that are available to us in terms of publications, in terms of webinars, to communicate the lessons um, that we are learning uh, from the project uh, to all these uh, uh, utilities. We do not want to leave anyone behind. The challenges we are facing are not unique to Uganda. They are challenges that are being faced by Africa. Uh, Africa has over one, close to one billion uh, people who are without access to electricity. Yeah, thanks for that, Florence. And, you know, this, this discussion about the benefits to customers and the importance of productive use, you know, productive use or appliances have been a critical part of really establishing an energy infrastructure. The United States, for example, in the 30s actually sent around entire crews of people door to door to households to introduce white goods. And in many cases, it was the utilities who helped introduce the appliances and encourage adoption of those appliances. So I, I do look forward to, to seeing what our lessons are going to be between both the approach that we're doing in the on-grad site in Nyingi, and then of course in Shurumu, where we're testing appliance financing and encouraging productive use there as well. Um, but you raised something in your comments that I just wanted to spend a, a minute on. So uh, right now in Uganda, COVID-19 is, is really coming back for a, a, it seems like a third wave. Um, and electricity, I think, for the first time, perhaps in a different way, has has really garnered the intention as being a critical part of infrastructure. Could you talk a little bit about Umame's approach to managing through COVID nineteen and and really how the country of Uganda maybe has has realized in a new way the importance of electricity connections, uh, especially because of the sharp distinctions between those that do and don't have energy uh, in the you know lockdown situation. So yeah, I'd just love to hear a little bit about how Umame uh, managed as a key service during COVID nineteen. Uh, Umeme Limited uh, uh, providing an essential service to the country um, uh, is it, very critical uh, to uh, be able to service our customers during this difficult time. But just uh, to note that um, a couple of years we invested a lot in uh, technology. Uh, but before I talk about the technology, um, to emphasize that at Umeme, safety um, is our number one priority. So safety of our staff uh, during this uh, pandemic is very, very critical, as well as safety uh, of our customers. So with the investment in technology, um, this has enabled us uh, uh, to service our customers. The one thing we emphasize is uh, the compliance with the standard operating procedures that the Ministry of Health has uh, provided to the people of Uganda. Uh, as Umeme, we have made sure that our staff have been equipped with all the items that are required to ensure that they comply with the standard operating procedures. Um, we are maintaining a skeleton staff um, as guided again by the Ministry of Health uh, to be able to service our customers. And uh, 
we had invested in technologies like uh, um, the SCADA, which communicates with all our medium voltage networks. So we are able to operate those networks um, remotely. Uh, we invested in prepayment metering. Uh, so 99% um, of our domestic uh, revenue, which comes from, which accounts for 30% of our total revenue, are on prepayment. So our customers are able to vend um, through our partner banks, through the telecom companies using mobile money, so they do not have to go to our offices. And recently, we have deployed um, the online new connection platform where our customers can apply for a connection um, by using, um, in the comfort of the living room, using our application, our Umeme app, or um, just going onto our website and um, the, we will receive that information and be able to progress with their applications without them interfacing with us. In addition to that, um, in the first, uh, during the first wave, we built capacity, we put in place mechanisms of enabling our teams to work from home. So um, uh, we maintain 10% uh, uh, of the staff at the offices, those who really, really must stay at the offices, and the rest of the staff uh, work from home. We do have field teams who we provide all the protective gear that is required for them to also uh, work and um, not interface with the public. So we ensure that um, uh, the, the teams are safe and that uh, the public is safe. We all right now, when everybody's working from home, the kids are start studying uh, online, the hospitals, are full. Uh, we really need electric electricity is now very, very critical, more than it has ever been in the current environment. What used to be done physically, where people used to interface one another, is done through the internet, through the phone, through the computer, and all this requires electricity. So investment in technology has played a very, very big part um, in the in the effort towards uh, managing COVID in our country. Yeah, excellent. And it's another example of how being a, a company that's focused on innovation has really helped uh, guide uh, not just you, but the citizens of Uganda through a very difficult moment uh, for all of us in this pandemic. Uh, but on that side of looking at humans, uh, talent management is just a critical piece of the equation. And getting the right new young people uh, into your company has a lot to do with maintaining that spirit of innovation. So I just would love to hear from you a little bit. You are the COO of Umeme. So I would imagine people fall under your domain. Uh, so how is it that Umeme builds capacity and attracts this next generation of leaders into your company? Umeme, um, one of the key areas that Umeme values are people. So as Umeme, we invest a lot of, in uh, talent development and talent development is a long-term investment. We have a robust graduate development program uh, where we bring in about, on average, 25 graduate trainees annually. And these cut across uh, all areas, uh, mainly uh, engineers, as well as accountants and other professionals. So we do train these graduates uh, across the business for a period of two years. It takes about two years uh, to train an engineer and it takes about six months to train a technician. So we have to continue um, building that talent pool on an annual basis. 
for the past three to five years, we have been recruiting uh, technicians annually, on average about 100 technicians. And we take this through a robust training. Um, the product that we deal in is very unsafe. We all wish for it. We love it. We want to have it in our house. But if not managed properly, it is unsafe. So we invest a lot in training. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, the sector, we basically uh, recruit um, for the sector, not only for the energy sector, uh, or we train for the sector. Uh, many people do poach from us, but our strategy is to continue training um, and having a pool of engineers, a pool of, uh, of uh, technicians, so that they can be able to grow in the pipe and uh, be able to feed the pipe continuously. In addition to that, we have incentives that we have put in place. We have a robust um, uh, training program, and but also in terms of line of sight, uh, the engineers, the technicians, the graduate trainee can clearly see where they are going. So we do offer training uh, for these young, not only for the young graduates, uh, but also for the um, managers, um, which uh, is incentivizes them uh, to, to stay with the company uh, because of their own personal growth. Um, especially with the younger generation, we encourage a lot of innovation. Uh, and uh, given that uh, many of them come in from school and they have a lot of energy and they want to try out new things, one of the things that uh, which is aligned with our values that we foster is innovation. So we allow for ideas to come through and those ideas create an environment where those ideas can be turned into projects and uh, at the end of the day, integrated into the operations of the company. And this speaks to the project that we are currently implementing, the Tuake project, where we have um, a number of engineers, uh, including uh, ladies that are supporting the Tuake project. Um, this is one of the areas that demonstrates um, the uh, mechanisms that we have put in place to incentivize the young people. However, that doesn't take away the fact that there is a risk in terms of poaching talent. Uh, talent is always poached uh, from Umeme, but we create uh, an environment uh, that attracts uh, new joiners into the company. We continue to refresh um, the company with young graduates coming in and uh, also continuously train and uh, create an environment also for growth for the leaders in yeah, that's so well said. And, uh, you know, I, I think you and I have a similar philosophy, which is, uh, it, you know, hiring people is actually a process of mutual selection. It's not just in one direction. And I think the age where employers could could just sort of sit back and expect people to come to them is is quite different. And younger generations are now so motivated by having an impact and a, a positive uh, future that really changes uh, not just things like the environment, but also actually improves the social well-being of people. I, I just feel like there's such a different ethos about work now. It's very important to be adaptive in that environment. And, you know, I mean, it, it always is awful to have your talent poached. Uh, that's happened to me a few times over the last year. But I always try to adopt personally the attitude that it's a wonderful thing for people to move on and take what they've learned at Power for All into their work and into the sector and continue to advocate and take that esprit de corps. Um, I, I know with Umeme, it's probably similar, but we have a very active alumni network and um, and that's always a great compliment to, to the work of any company. But, but you know, specifically, 
I think it's really critical for women to be highly visible in the energy industry. Uh, I, group of women in power, as I like to say, including yourself. Um, and in my experience, companies really need to be focused on recruiting and developing women specifically, or it just won't happen, and giving them visible roles, or it just won't happen. So I'd love it if you could tell me a little bit um, about Umeme's focus specifically on women, uh, as I know that mentoring young women is really important to you, and it'd be great if you also wanted to tell us a little bit more about Project Girls for Girls. Uh, over to you, Florence. Uh, at Umeme, we deliberately, we are deliberately developing women uh, through leadership training uh, locally and internationally. Um, I recall um, last year and two years ago when we were recruiting technicians, we encouraged, we did encourage uh, ladies to apply. And I'm glad to note that uh, all the ladies who did apply, they actually um, performed very well in the interview and they were recruited. However, the numbers are still low at uh, executive level. Uh, they are not any different from what we see across the region, um, whereby on boards, on average, we see just about 20%. And um, in terms of executive, we just see about 30% women. Uh, the numbers are similar at Umeme, especially given that uh, uh, this industry is seen as a male-dominated industry. But one question comes to mind. Um, where should we start when we put out adverts for technicians? Very few women um, come through and apply. And as I indicated, all those who came in um, as women uh, last year were taken on. Now, where is the problem? When you go into the universities, even if you wanted to take 100% uh, of the women, uh, you find, or if you wanted to take to have a balance of women and men, the women who are pursuing uh, what we call as um, maybe heavy power, uh, uh, you'll find that they are fewer than those who are pursuing light power. So where does this problem start? Um, I, as an individual, of course, working with uh, a couple of other people, uh, believe that the problem starts way back when the children are still young. And that's, uh, it's against that background that uh, a, a friend, a very close friend of mine who was studying at the Harvard Business School uh, took time off uh, in 2016 to go for her mid-career master's at, in the U.S. And in 2017, uh, while supporting um, Hillary Clinton, they were disappointed to find that she lost. And the question popped up, how can we get more women to sit at the Oval Office? And we find that um, some of the issues that are preventing uh, women uh, to sit at the table, to pursue certain subjects right in school is because they lack that courage, they lack the confidence. For some of them, it's because of the norms, the traditional norms that they encounter as children. Um, when they get in school, they are not confident enough to speak for what it is that they want to pursue. But how can we deliberately encourage uh, women to get into the science field I think it needs to start when the girls are still young, hence the initiative that we are doing, uh, where um, with this friend of mine who started from Harvard, we co-founded, she co-founded the Girls for Girls, and we started, we launched uh, together with myself, the pilot in Uganda, uh, starting with um, a school uh, near Entebbe uh, called Bugonga, where we started with about 80 girls. And what do we do? 
we mentor them uh, and build skills around issues like uh, courage, courageous leadership. Uh, what is your purpose? If somebody is not clear about what they want to do, it becomes difficult for them to join a specific field. In this case, looking at the energy sector in specifically, do they want to be an engineer? How can they be inspired? What do they need to do? Um, uh, can they communicate? Uh, it is the soft skills that prevent these young girls from pursuing their dreams. Every girl has a dream, but how can we support them to pursue uh, these dreams? It is the soft skills like communication, like negotiation, like putting up one's hand to stand for office. By standing for office, I mean putting up your hand to apply for that job. Those are the skills that we try to uh, embed uh, in the curriculum that we walk the girls through at Girls for Girls. And I'm excited to note that uh, after the pilot, um, I did launch this program at Umeme. And so glad to note that um, the first cohort of the girls that uh, I dealt with uh, together with uh, some colleagues of mine, um, many of them have gone into leadership position. I would like to point out um, the, the, the cohort had some engineers uh, who uh, were promoted from being graduate trainees to now leaders. Um, I intentionally put these ladies' name forward, not because they are ladies, but because they have the capabilities to do their jobs. And um, I'm glad to note that um, we are making progress. Uh, for me, I'm very passionate about this initiative because uh, you lose nothing by lighting another candle, but with lighting another candle, you end up to illuminating more mm. light. Yeah, so, that's poetic. <laughs> that's what we're going <laughs> And uh, excited to see all the initiatives um, at Umeme uh, deliberately regarding women. Yeah, well, that's great, Florence. And, you know, I agree with you. It's just really important to not only increase opportunity, but to increase visibility. And uh, you are doing a great job of that and, and encouraging women to take risks. Um, so well done. And, uh, you know, we're now nearing the end of our podcast, uh, which is a shame because it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Uh, but if, if you had to sort of wrap things up from this discussion, what would be your parting shot on how you envision Umeme as being a part of a utilities of the future? Um, one in seven people do not have access to electricity globally, uh, particularly in the rural areas, as indicated in the Sustainable Development Goal 7 uh, in 2010. In Uganda, it is estimated that uh, distribution alone will require about 4.5 billion US dollars to achieve universal access. Now, this platform that has been created that can inform the reform that we as a country are undertaking, or we as Umeme, to position ourselves for the needs of the country in order to leave no one behind in the electrification agenda is very critical. Umeme will continue to invest in technology to suit uh, tomorrow's consumer. Uh, we know that uh, over 50% um, of the population in Africa is below the age of 25. So innovation and investment in technology is very critical for Umeme. So talking about key strategic partners such as um, powerful role and the partners on the Tuaket project is very, very critical for us at Umeme. 
we will continue to work with uh, key stakeholders, including governments, in order to achieve um, the government's aspirations and the vision under 2040 in order to deliver a society which is healthy and economically powered, um, uh, especially driven by access to electricity. We aim not to leave anybody behind. Very well said, Florence. Thank you so much. Um, and, and a special shout out to our partners in this project, including the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Intergrow, the East African Power Team, as well as Equatorial Power. Uh, it's been an incredible journey with you over the last few years, and I, I'm just so delighted to be able to call you not only a colleague, but a friend. And to our listeners, thank you all for listening. Uh, a reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news analysis and data on our website, Power for All, and an even more detailed accounting of the latest uh, data and use knowledge that'll be important for our energy access sector on the platform for energy access knowledge, otherwise known as PEAK. Please do sign up for our monthly newsletter if you haven't already. And as a final reminder, Power for All is a nonprofit 501c3. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you. So please consider supporting our work and you can donate directly on our website at powerforall.org slash donate. We'll speak to you soon on the next episode of the Power for All podcast. <laughs>